Righteousness is imputed or accredited to our account. Holiness is the result of righteousness. So righteousness is positional. Holiness is practice. Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us today as we continue to look at the subject of faith. And we've thrown out already, Pastor, at least you threw out, a number of Bible words. And I love the truth that's in them. But uh, as they might say on uh, Sports Center or something like that, let's, let's kind of break down what we just heard here. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, because I, I think it's so rich. I don't want these big Bible words to just go floating right over people's heads. You I'm say, telling you. righteousness is imputed or accredited to our account. Right. Well, um, have you heard that story about uh, the college kid who told his dad uh, he was broke in just six words? He said... Uh, no mun, no fun, your son. And his mm-hmm. dad sent back and said, he gave him six words, so sad, too bad, your dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's actually truth in that. You know what that father did. He probably went and took some money from his account and put it into his son's empty account. Mm-hmm. That's imputation. All right. That's when God takes the righteousness of Christ and puts it in my empty righteousness account. I have no righteousness of my own. As a matter of fact, Isaiah 65 says, all my righteousness is as filthy rags. And and that's a, a, a powerful, powerful picture. We won't even explain it. Somebody look it up. Um, but I am bankrupt in my righteousness account. I'm dead in my trespasses and sin and nothing that I can do would attain righteousness for me before God. But thanks be to God that Jesus Christ clothed me in his righteousness. He put his righteousness in my account. All right. That's what I mean. So righteousness is in a sense, it is positional. It's uh, being declared right in God's sight. Then you go on to say holiness is practice. Okay, or practical. So if you have imputed righteousness, we do. Uh, This imputed righteousness is put in us. So here's the way I like to say it. It's imputed, then it's implanted. Now the holiness is it's imparted. So he puts it in me, credit to my account. I now have the life of Christ within me, and I can live holy because Christ is empowering me on the inside. And so then I can impart righteousness. Imparted righteousness is called holiness. I love that. Hopefully that uh, helps clear this up for those who uh, maybe saying, what were they just talking about there? So if you can, we're going to look at this a little deeper, a little further today. So we're going to be spending a chunk of our time in Hebrews chapter 11. You may want to open your Bible there, put a bookmark in there because we actually start today's message in Romans chapter six. Here's Pastor Ford. Listen to what it says in Romans chapter six. Verse 1, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? See what he's saying? Just because uh, he says where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. And somebody said, okay, well then uh, if, if, if you get more grace because there's more sin, then I need to sin more so I can get more grace. And Paul says, oh man, come on. That's not how it works. And, and so then he says this in verse 2. Listen to this. God forbid, how shall we that are dead 
to sin, live any longer therein. Know you not that so many uh, of, of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. And some of us are getting in the problems that we're getting in because we're alive to ourselves rather than being dead in Christ. Hmm. It's an acceptable sacrifice. Number two, number two, number two. Notice secondly, how does faith worship? Well, it's acceptable, uh, an acceptable sacrifice. But then notice secondly, an attained salvation. Notice what the text says. It says, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. Wow. Now, let me just tell you, salvation is God thought, son bought, spirit taught. It is this righteousness that he's talking about. Now, how many know the difference between righteousness and holiness? Righteousness is imputed or accredited to our account. We said that. Holiness is the result of righteousness. So righteousness is positional. Holiness is practice. Everybody with me on that? Everybody with me on that? Okay, okay. So what does that mean, Pastor? This righteousness he's talking about is not right living. It's right giving. In other words, he has been given, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, the righteousness that is Christ. So the acceptable to God by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So then you know this well. Righteousness in justification is attained through Jesus. Righteousness in sanctification is maintained through Jesus. And righteousness in glorification is sustained through Jesus. Okay, I got to give you an illustration. First person I heard. Talk about this was Warren Wiersbe at Pastor's Conference, 1995. He said uh, that a friend of his was talking about a man that had a Rolls Royce, a Phantom 5 Rolls Royce, and he lived in England, and he wanted to go to France. Well, you can catch a shuttle uh, from England to go to France, and that's what he did, and he was riding around France, and his Rolls Royce broke down. He called the Rolls-Royce people in England and said, my Rolls-Royce has broke down, I'm in France. So what they did was they flew a mechanic from England to France where he was. The mechanic worked on the Rolls-Royce and fixed it up, then got in the helicopter, flew back to England. Guy finished his little excursion around France, then he went back to England. Waited about two or three weeks for a bill, but the bill never came. So he wrote to the Rolls-Royce people and he said, listen, my Rolls-Royce broke down about three weeks ago in France. You sent a mechanic and uh, he fixed it and uh, I haven't received the bill. I need to get the bill. And his reply, he got a reply that said this, sir, there is no record ever of a Rolls-Royce breaking down. Man, that's righteousness. You see, in the car of our life, it broke down because of our sin. And what God did was send Jesus, not from England to France, but from heaven to earth. And he sent him down through 42 generations and fixed up uh, the automobile of our life. And then he died on Calvary, went back to heaven, and we waiting on a bill. And God said, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. 
Sin had left the crimson stain. He washed me white as snow. It is finished. Mm. Yeah, it's fixed. It's fixed. It's fixed. Thirdly, thirdly, thirdly. So not only an acceptable sacrifice, not only an attained salvation, but then notice an attestation from the sovereign God. What do you mean? Listen to this affirmation. God testifying of his gifts. God affirms what Abel gave was acceptable. Now, most scholars say, because we ask ourselves, well, how did God show Abel was acceptable? Well, how did he do it five other times in Scripture when somebody brought a sacrifice? What'd you say, Rich? What'd he do? Fire. You put it on the altar, and God would say, I accept it when he consumed it by fire. So let me give you an example. 1 Kings 18, Elijah and the prophets of Baal. Israel half-stepping, shucking, and jiving on God. And uh, Elijah comes and says, you got to be committed. I mean, you either are or you aren't. There ain't no straddling the fence. What I tell you about? Not one foot in the world and one foot in the church. And if the rapture happened, you're going to split your pants on the way up. That is not a both and Christianity commitment. It's an either or commitment. And so he let the prophets of Baal go first. He said, y'all go first. So they're cutting themselves and everything, hollering, hey, Baal, Baal, light the fire. And he says, they hollered all day. Ain't nothing happened. So Elijah said, okay, it's my turn. He said, see, they was cutting, but they was cutting the wrong thing. You're supposed to be cutting the lamb, not yourself. See, because your blood is not efficacious. Only the lamb's blood is efficacious. Because his blood was sinless. Because he, he circumvented the sin nature by the virgin birth, which qualifies him to be the God-man. That he's able to relate and reach up and grab God and reach down and grab man and bring them both together. First Timothy 2.5, there's one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. I feel like preaching in here. So what did he say? He said, bring some water. And then one guy said this, I, I got so mad, I wanted, to, I wanted to kick the TV. And you see, probably... Uh, they didn't know they were getting gasoline instead of water. Man, 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 shut up. You know, no, it was water. It was a miracle. He said, douse it. Bring more. Bring more. Bring more. So there's no doubt. When this thing light up, you know it was God. And what happened? Whoop. Can I say something to you? Have you realized yet this is not a both and? That if you got Christ and works, you don't have biblical salvation? <sighs> okay. Where's Israel? Both and folk. Where's the Elijahs? Either or folk. That it's the Bible or your horoscope. Not both and. That it is the providence of God, his provision, or the lottery tickets. Not both and. It's the old ship of Zion or the boat at Hammond. Not both and. Either Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Or 
Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, T-Pain. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor James Ford Jr. We do have to pause the message right here, but we'll continue How Faith Worships in just a moment. If you ever miss a broadcast or part of a broadcast and you want to listen to a program in its entirety or go back and listen to what you missed, you can do that when you come to our website. It's treasuredtruthradio.org. You can stream programs, download MP3s, or order copies on CD. Again, it's treasuredtruthradio.org. Back to the message. Here's Pastor Ford. Now, 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 now get this, get this, get this. Now, Brother Betts helped me out with this one. Because this morning, I spent a whole lot of time trying to find out what was going on here. Because here's what I saw. In Genesis 4, Abel brings a sacrifice, and it's in the singular. But here, it's in the plural. So I start saying, you know, as a Bible teacher, I got to know what's going on. I mean, why is it in the plural in Hebrews, but it's in the singular in Genesis? And Brother Betts, he said, did you think about this? In Genesis, he gave that sacrifice. But by Hebrews, now it's recorded that he gave the animal as a sacrifice and he himself became a sacrifice. I said, that makes sense. It really does. You know why? Because those who stress this narrow way will always be castigated by those who think it's broader. And the most trouble you're going to get about being Christocentric is not going to be in the world. It's going to be in the church. It's going to be in the church. That's too narrow. I wonder why we don't tell our math teacher they're too narrow. Because they said one plus one is two. Well, I wrote three, and I don't like the fact that I got a red check. I mean, after all, I'm sincere. I really believe that one plus one equals three. Well, who cares? That don't make it. Because one plus one is two all over the world. It's a universal principle. The chemist told me H2O is water. I want it to be H2O2. Now, why can't it be H2O2? Go ahead and say it. Because fool, that's carbon dioxide. That'll kill you. God is too narrow. He has made a narrow way, but it's universal. Everybody comes the same way. Jesus. Hmm. Notice a timeless sermon. What's the fourth aspect of how faith worships? It has a timeless sermon. Listen to this. And by it, he being dead yet speaketh. None of Abel's words are recorded. Nowhere does it say Abel said anything. Then how's he speaking? He's speaking because 4,700 years ago from the book of Hebrews, Abel demonstrated that there is no difference between how you get saved in the Old Testament and how you get saved in the New Testament, that it's always by blood. Blood that either points forward to Jesus or points backward to Jesus, but it's by the blood of Jesus Christ. I, I like what one brother said. He said, you know, when you're alive, people lie on you. And when you die, people lie for you. Talking about, you know, he was a good man and he was, you know, people saying, who is that in the casket he's talking about? 
everybody want to put him in heaven. Well, I, I don't ever put people in heaven if I don't know whether they're in heaven or not. I'll always say, here's what I say. I say, I know one thing. He went to his eternal reward. But let me tell you how you get to heaven. Yeah. Now listen to this. Cain's name means acquire from the Lord. Abel's name means breath, empty, or vain. As a matter of fact, his name is in the book of Ecclesiastes 38 times, but you don't see it translated Abel. Guess what it's translated? Vanity. Now, what is God telling us about Cain and Abel? I think it's a message. Why did she name him Cain? Because she received the proto-euangelium, the first mention of the good news in Genesis 3.15, and she thought, God's going to give me the man. The man that's going to be my redemption will come through me. And that's what God did. Our redeemer came through Mary. So she birthed the one that was going to redeem her. But Cain wasn't the one. But when he came through the womb, she said, acquire from the Lord. This is the man. And so when you look at their names together, Cain means acquire from God, and Abel's name means brief. So here's the message between these two brothers. Life is from God, and it's brief. Now, I don't know if she understood she was naming him brief or vanity or vain because he wasn't going to live that long. But here's what we see. The first hater and the first murderer is Cain. Let me just bottom line it so I can get you on out of here. Here's what God's saying about Abel. He's telling you and I that we should witness everywhere we go. And sometimes we ought to use words. Anybody, anybody ever watch Cheaters? Well, when I get a chance to, I watch Cheaters. Anybody see this episode? Here's the episode. The, the girls, he cheating on me, so Joey Greco, he, you know, he get the team on him. They follow him. Yes, he has a girlfriend. Shows him the, you know, shows that, yeah, he cheating on you. And so he says, now they're going to the show. They're at the show. Let's go to the show and let's get them. Anybody see the episode? Let's go to the show. Let's get them. And so they go in the show. They bring the camera in the show. They shine the light. Now, my man's sitting down. He's sitting down with his arm around the woman. And uh, they come in and he puts his arm down, grabs his popcorn, he and his popcorn watching the movie. So they got the light on him. He looks at him, you know, and she say, you cheating on me. What you doing with her? You're supposed to be with me. I just... And my man was cool as the other side of the pillow, Jack. So finally he looked up. You cheating on me. He said, woman, I don't even know you. Oh, you say you don't know me. You know me. You know me. He said, look, come on, let's go. So he started walking out. So the girl that was with him, they still got the camera going. Girl with him said, well, who is she? She acted like she knew. He said, I told you I don't know her. I don't even know who that is. And, and then she says, but wait a minute. She seems to know you. He said, do you want to meet her? She said, well, no, I don't want to meet her. He said, then let's get the stepping. And they stepped out. Say, why you preach this today, Pastor? Because Matthew 7, 21 says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did I not know you? And in your name did many wonderful works. And in your name did cast out devils. But I will say to them, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Can you imagine the rejection when you stand before Jesus at the great white throne judgment? He said, I know you. I came to church. I gave. I taught. I helped build the church. I gave money for it. 
And he says, I never knew you. I never knew you. Get to stepping into the lake of fire that burns with brimstone and fire. But thank God for those of us who know that it's finished. It's finished. There's a sign in the barbershop. It says, in God we trust, all others pay cash. I like that sign. Let me tell you why. Because here's what they're saying. We take cash, uh, not credit cards. We take cash, not debit cards. We take cash, not link cards. The only currency that's acceptable here is cash. I'm here to tell you, we are the Christ Bible Church because Christ is the master. The Bible is the message and the church is his members. That we're here to let you know that Jesus, when he died on the cross, the sixth word he said, it is finished. Not I am finished, but it is finished. What is it is finished? It, a proper provision, is a present provision. Finish, a permanent provision. You know what that means? It means because we have Jesus, we have everything that we need. That is, it is a proper, a present, and a permanent provision. It means Satan is defeated. It is finished. Scripture is fulfilled. It is finished. Sin is done away. It is finished. Sinners now can be forgiven. It is finished. Separation from God is over. It is finished. The Savior has taken the wrath on himself. It is finished. Salvation has been provided. It is finished. Saints can now go to heaven. It is finished. And the sovereign God is satisfied because 1 John 2, 2 says he is the propitiation, the satisfaction for our sins and not only for ours, but the sins of the world. Now, that is the gospel in a nutshell, isn't it? So that leads me to a question. Do you know Jesus Christ? Really a powerful question we all need to be asking ourselves. Well, you're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor James Ford Jr., and we'd love to hear how God is using this message in your life. You can fill out the contact form online when you come to treasuretruthradio.org. Well, whether you're listening in the car, at home, or online at Moody Radio, we're here every day as your companion with one purpose. We care about you and want you to experience a closer walk with God. And maybe today's the day that you'll join with us and give a financial gift to help provide this teaching right here on your station and around the world. And when you give, we're going to say thanks by sending you a book by David Platt called Counterculture. Drawing on compelling and personal accounts from around the world, Platt gives an unapologetic yet winsome call for Christians to follow Jesus into a world that's plagued with sin. So contact us today with a gift of any amount and request a copy of the book, Counterculture. Our number is 888-644-7660, or go online to treasuretruthradio.org. You know, it seems like everywhere we turn, the battle lines are being drawn. You've got traditional marriage versus gay marriage, pro-life versus pro-choice, personal liberty versus government protection. You know, it feels like overnight, our culture has shifted drastically, to the point that right and wrong are now measured by popular opinion rather than by God's word. As a Christian, maybe you're wondering, how do I respond to all this change? Well, David Platt provides a wealth of wisdom in his book, Counterculture, and we'll send you a copy with our thanks for your gift of any amount. Again, our number is 888-644-7660 or online at treasuretruthradio.org. Well, I'm Steve Hiller. Our producer is Amy Rios, and I hope you'll join us tomorrow when Pastor Ford returns here on Treasure Truth, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.